second week of October, something like that. I'm Jason McMaster, and uh, my game of the week is not XCOP, XCOM, 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 UFO Defense. And uh, with me as usual is Tom. Take it away, Tom. Hey guys, wait, wait, what, what? Oh wait, no, it's it's actually not Tom this week. Uh, Tom is uh, taking a vacation. I think he threw his back out carrying too much imaginary coffee. Um, back and forth. Uh, so he's uh, he's taking a week off, and in his place we actually have uh, John Schaefer, designer extraordinaire. Hi everybody. I uh, I actually um uh, I kind of offed Tom, so he he won't be back ever again. But you know, I'm here yeah. this week, so uh, good luck next week, Jason. Yeah, yeah, nothing personal, Tom. Uh, but uh yeah john is uh he's uh as some of you may or may not know john is a member of the quarter three community he's also a game designer that worked for fraxis and um and stardock yeah we thought what an appropriate week to you know i thought what an appropriate week to have somebody from uh, fraxis on it was uh the week that they released their big game xcom but we'll get into that in a bit um Speaking of which, my game of the week is not XCOM the shooter. That, hey, there you go. That, yeah, it doesn't have, like, a subtitle, does it? It's just one word. Yes. That, okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we've been uh, having, like, a really crazy amount of uh, gaming going on lately. Um, yeah, this this week has been absolutely insane, so yeah, uh, yeah. looking forward to talking about uh, a, a couple games. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, with that, we'll get into it. Um, I guess first we'll start off with some news, and uh, I will, uh, I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, my, uh, my news of the week is that if you're a fan of board gaming, you still have a few days left to get in on The New Science, a game designed by Dirk Neymeyer from Conquistador Games and uh, also with uh, Bill Abner, friend of the show, uh, works with him, and uh, they are the guys that put together, or well, Dirk put together Road to Enlightenment, and uh, they've, uh, they've got a Kickstarter going where they have more than doubled their goal. Uh, you get all sorts of cool stretch prizes. Uh, the New Science itself is a game about... Uh, scientific discovery uh, in the prime of the scientific discovery. You can play as Galileo or Kirshner or um, some other people. And uh, that was awful. Mm-hmm. Newton. Uh, <laughs> uh, etc. Uh, yes, etc. But uh, people have reached the point where there's also fantasy uh, scientists, not fantasy like they weren't real scientists, but they don't fit in the time period, such as mm-hmm. te- uh, Tesla and uh, Thomas Edison as well as Marie Curie. Uh, It'll be DLC. Yes. And... Uh, and that's a that, that's pretty cool. So if you want to get in on a really great Kickstarter and get some cool stuff for uh, what seems to be a really neat board game, check out uh, the new science on Kickstarter. Cool. That's yeah. That's great news. Um, I uh, I hadn't thought about that, but I've been uh, I've talked with uh, Bill and Dirk quite a bit, so it's uh, not something that ever seemed like news to me because I've known about it for a while. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that and. Uh, it's uh, it's funny because uh, Dirk and I are actually planning uh, on doing something cool coming up here soon that I can't talk about yet. Oh. But, uh, but uh, soon, soon we'll be able to announce what's going on there. So I'm pretty excited about that. Anyways. Yes. But uh, yeah, new science. I'm uh, 
I'm pretty excited for that. I helped to do a little bit of playtesting uh, yeah, so with uh, Bill and Dirk on that. Yeah. yeah, I need to get up there and do that. Um, but yeah, it's it looks really cool. I did some video work for them, um, mm. and uh, we put a bunch up so that you can check out the boards and everything. And mm-hmm. delightful 1080p. Um, and uh, yeah, so go check that out on a Kickstarter. Uh, so what have you got, John? Well, speaking of Kickstarter, seems all roads lead to Kickstarter these days. <laughs> it does. Um, my news of the week is, um, well, I don't know if it's, I, I think I may have just barely uh, fit the criteria of news of the week, because I believe this was announced exactly one week ago, um, oh. on the day of your last episode. Um, and that is uh, formerly known as Old School RPG, now known as Shaker, an RPG by Brenda Brathway and Tom Hall. And um, the fact that that was announced is pretty interesting. It has a lot of people talking about that the past week. And uh, more specifically, I found a very interesting article that was uh, put up on Rock, Paper, Shotgun um, about, I don't know, four or five days ago. Uh, I think it was uh, tangentially related to the announcement, which talked about how uh, a lot of projects on Kickstarter... Uh, especially the ones that are really successful, are more or less based on nostalgia rather than any real push push for innovation, which is really interesting because everybody talks about how Kickstarter, you know, Kickstarter is great because you can get away from the big publishers and you can do new things and, you know, the man isn't keeping you down. And really what you're seeing a lot from Kickstarter, at least as a rock, paper, shotgun posits, is uh, you're seeing old school projects that kind of are sequels or re-envisioning uh, right. games that have already come out. Yeah, they're really just for the hardcore audience, and uh, they can gauge their success via the, the, the Kickstarter, just basically, hey, I can pay for everything because of this group of people, and anything else is cake. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting, and I, I hadn't um, thought about it before reading the article, and having read it now, it, it actually I mean, you look what's been successful up there, and that's pretty much the case um even even the a project that i'm pretty excited about uh, planetary annihilation is kind of hearkening back to the old days of total annihilation and supreme commander with with some new twists which is definitely very exciting to see but it's still i, I don't think they would you know made their million million dollars had it not been for hey you know what games we've worked on in the past you know what game this is like well guess what you know. Yeah. Oh, no. Absolutely. It's a, it's certainly a, a market where if you are recognized, you're it's a lot easier to get your funding. Mm-hmm. And if you can compare something like, well, I mean, for instance, uh, the guys that did, um, jeez, that Diablo esque clone, uh, the Titans one or whatever is it, Wrath of the Titans or something like right. that. What? Titan Quest, that's it. The Titan Quest guys, you know, the Alpha clone, like, uh, you know, which which one? Oh well, yeah. There's there's only one or two. Uh, but no, the uh, those guys with their their post-apocalyptic looking one um, that that have been around for a while and become, had been floundering, and then they got on Kickstarter and did quite well with it. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully it'll do some good and we'll get some some good games out of it. But there's certainly a you kind of got to wonder what's going to happen within the next year, see what I, what is a flop and what isn't. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the direction that Kickstarter goes in the future will 
will have a huge role to play in the games business as a whole. And, and a big part of that is, you know, what the, the, the rock, paper, shotgun article was talking about, what we're seeing where these, the, the games that do make the big money and are backed are basically hearkening back to the, the good old days of gaming. And, you know, if you aren't part of the good old days of gaming, then you're not welcome in the club. So it's, it's, Kickstarter is both a very exciting opportunity, but also something where, you know, maybe it's for club members only, so that would obviously not be a good thing either, but. Well, no, yeah, it's, it's certainly a bigger risk that you take if, yeah, if you're going in there with something new, um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, well, yeah, that's, uh, that's really cool, uh, I forgot that, uh, it was Tom Hall as well. Oh, Tom Hall, getting his doom on. Um, <laughs> John Romero. Yeah, well, the hair. you got to have the hair. I mean, he's... <laughs> God, jeez. Um, yeah, so let's, uh, I guess, let's move on to Games of the Week. Um, so what do you got for us, John? What did you pick this week? All right, well, um, there's two obvious choices. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm not going to go with either of those obvious choices because we're going to talk about those anyways. <laughs> Uh, what I'm going to talk about, uh, my game of the week is Tokyo Jungle. Oh, you know, I downloaded that and I've been playing it a good bit. Yes, me too. It's um, it's it's a bizarre and fascinating and entertaining game all at the same time. And uh, I actually had uh, seen the thread on Quarter Three about it before I'd actually heard of it in any other way uh, or played it certainly. Um, and I saw the thread, and I'm like, oh, all right, uh, another another one of those Japanese games. Okay, and and don't get me wrong, I I play probably more Japanese games than just about anybody, but there there's certainly uh, some some entries there that are a little bit more dubious than others. But uh, sure, um, I um, my my girlfriend actually uh, really wanted to get this game. She's uh she's a uh, big gamer and also. Uh, a big fan of uh, animals and nature and that sort of thing, and wishes there were more games uh, about that subject ma- uh, material instead of you know big dudes with swords or space marines. So she was like, "All right, we're buying this game and playing it." So I was, that's, uh, "All right, I, I want to live." So that seems fair. Yeah, no, that's uh, that game is certainly has nothing to do with big dudes with swords. <laughs> there are no swords in this guns, <laughs> nor are there space marines, not even close. Man. Um. But uh, so uh, for for people who aren't familiar with the game or haven't heard of it, the um, uh, game again is titled uh, Tokyo Jungle. It's uh, I believe it was a Sony studio that made it. Uh, yeah, it was Japan Studio. Okay, so and uh, Crispies, which is a, a group. Uh, so that's uh, I think they were they did some like some contest, I believe. Uh, it's a PlayStation Camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. That's all right. Um, so the, the premise of the game is uh, you play as an animal. Um, it's a survival action game, and you're either a carnivore or an herbivore. Um, and depending on which of the two that you play as, the uh, gameplay is a little bit different. If you're a carnivore, you have to hunt other animals. Um, if you're an herbivore, you have to avoid carnivores that would eat you and uh, uh, eat the plants that are uh, scattered around the world. It's kind of... Um, not really an open world game, I guess maybe yeah. it is. Um, um, it's been described as Grand Theft Auto with animals, I guess, somewhere. Uh, I don't know if that's a 
particularly apt description, but <laughs> like all beauty with animals or something. But yeah. Uh, so there's a, a fairly sizable world and it's, uh, separated in different sections, and um, you have to go and collect food, um, avoid things that will eat you, um, and your your plan is at the moment um, grows older, and eventually you have to uh, find a mate and breed. Um, you'll die of old age, and your game will end. So you can kind of keep going um, by passing control onto new generations. So as soon as you breed and create a new uh, a new generation, control switches over to that. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool that uh, once you like you you breed, you you have like another generation. So you have some. Yeah, it's kind of like having extra lives. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty much just that. Um, except you know sometimes your other your yeah. Like that, since you're always a male, um, you can have up to like six brothers following you around. And if you die, then you switch over to one of them. Um, but uh, I guess sometimes they can get eaten too, so you have to yeah. watch. Um, so it's 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 a pretty tough game. Um, there, uh, depending on the animal you're playing, it can be a one-hit kill. Uh, yeah, yeah, it really can. I, I keep playing as the cat lately, and uh, certain certain dogs can take you out pretty fast. If you're uh, if you're playing the uh, chick, which is <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh, that is uh, that is that's I don't even know if that's fun. You you pretty much wander around. You're the slowest unit, I guess. I don't even know what to call them. Slow animal. Yeah. You have no defense and no offense, and you basically flutter from place to place. Hope you don't get seen by anything that is a carnivore, because if you do, they'll catch and kill you. Yeah, is I guess they eat uh, grains and stuff. Yeah, I get. Yeah, that makes sense. They're baby chickens, but uh, it's a. Uh, yeah, no, I, that, I don't even know how you play that. Repeatedly, uh, that's. <laughs> so I couldn't tell you, but the the game the game is a little bit silly. I mean, oh yeah, are one of the main characters. There's there's a story mode which I've only played a few missions of. I played the there's a survival mode which is basically like um you just you just play the game. Um it's kinda like um skirmish mode in an RTS I guess versus the camp going through the story. Um and the story is kinda silly. Um it's it's a very Japanese game. Oh yeah. Um there's a lot of random spawning of things and, and grinding to unlock. So you, you have um a lineup of something like 80 different animals that you can play, but at the beginning you only have two of them, and you beat certain challenges for each one to unlock other animals, and so on and so forth. So you yeah, it's a, what Sika deer and Pomeranian, right? That you start with. So I uh, I played as various uh, forms of dog for about 10 hours, and until I you know something that was actually cool, but the. Uh, uh, the, the game could also use a little bit more polish. Um, you know, as a, as a designer, some some things in the game bug me probably more than more than other folks. Like um, there's um, uh, alert messages that can pop up depending on what's going on in the game. So if uh, the environment's changing somehow, or if there's a special event that's somewhere else in the map, um, there'll be this event, and there's an alert sound that plays when that happens. And the alert sound is the same for every message in the game. So all you hear is this beep beep. Yeah. Oh, something happened somewhere, and you hear this beep beep every thirty seconds, and it's completely meaningless. Oh yeah, a little a little annoying that way. But um, yeah, like like I said earlier, it's it's a very unique game. It's um, got about 
characters now. It's it's kind of addictive and 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 has uh, some of those roguelike qualities of oh I got killed ten times in a row I'm going back I gotta I I I gotta do another run you know it's 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 a silly game but it's it's fun and it's serious in some way so I'm. It, you know, the, it, it's designed in an interesting way too, map layout wise, uh, because it's like you've got, it, it's a, I guess a fairly large map overall, but, but the whole thing is like, uh, it has different levels, which are kind of hard to, to tell at first, but it actually kind of goes pretty high up. Uh, if you, like, aren't paying attention. I think I even died once by going way too far up on a building and I couldn't find food in time. So, uh, it's, it's, it's really kind of weird and intricate detailed maps. Yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah, like, like we were saying, it's, it's pretty brutal if you wander into some particular area that just randomly doesn't have food, you could be dead and that's it. And you've spent, you know, super long, I think, um, the longest I've ever played one single game for was about an hour, um, maybe a little bit longer than that. Uh, but yeah, I can uh, things can end very quickly and painfully. Yeah, it's always sudden, you know. Um, like for me, I think the longest I played was I had a few generations of Pomeranians, and <laughs> they're surprisingly uh, powerful creature um and it, it just i came out at one point uh and i got killed by lions <laughs> i mean there's not much that pomeranian's gonna do i was pretty impressed that he killed you know i killed a bunch of hyenas yeah. but, uh, the lions yeah you're not gonna do much with that yeah there's some parts of the map that just have really scary and uh the longer the game goes the more dangerous the creatures get so the, the longest i've played is i think to 100 and Two years, um, which is pretty long, you know. That's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> where they think, um, think the uh, how long you should be playing for, and then they uh, start spawning some very weird, random things. And, and for anybody who uh, wants to play it and you know doesn't want to be spoiled, I won't tell you what comes after you, but it starts getting a little nutty. So if you survive, here, there's a special surprise. Um, watch out. Yeah, it's uh, and and the funny thing about the game is is like. Once you first get it, I was kind of confused because story mode only has the tutorial in it until you end up playing through several, mo- you know, a while of survival mode and you unlock another animal and then you can possibly find other stories that way as well. So it's it's kind of weird. It's, it's very uh, achievement and uh, goal based. Uh, it gives you bonuses for doing certain things at certain times with certain animals. So it's kind of weird. As a, a designer, that kind of kills me because I'm, you know, you're you're playing story mode and you just want to play story mode. Okay, you know, well, you can't do that. You have to go back and forth between story and survival, and you have to unlock things and something explained. And there's skins that you can unlock with points. Sometimes grind oh, yeah. on one particular boring animal in order to unlock some other thing. So it's like it's, it's very Japanese, and, and they're el- of the game, a lot of fun. Like I, I think the combat system, even though it's it's kind of simple, but it's it's pretty well done and it's a lot of fun. Like uh, sneaking up on animals, yeah. The one shot kills is is pretty cool. So there's good things about the game and bad things about the game. But hey, you know I've played it for know, at least 25, 30 hours. So it couldn't be uh, couldn't be too bad, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. And it's what it's fourteen ninety nine on the PlayStation Network, so it's not it's not breaking the bank. <laughs> uh, anybody who 
you know, really just hates games that are all about unlocks and grinding, probably won't like it. But if if that's not really a huge issue for you, then yeah, that's it's definitely a fun game. I would check it out. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I've really enjoyed it too. It's a uh, it's surprising because it's kind of silly and it's a uh, it can be very frustrating. Uh, but it, it's super addictive. There's there's something about making it a good ways with an animal that shouldn't be a predator. <laughs> yes. Uh, like I said, my Pomeranian posse that I had for quite some time, um, 30 or 40 years of Pomeranians, I think, and uh, which is always surprising to me. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that game's really cool, and uh, anybody that wants to check that out, it's been out in uh, Japan for, gosh, I guess a few months, and uh, just uh, recently, a few weeks ago, came out on the PSN, so yeah, check that out. Um so, what are your game or games? I probably should say of the week. <laughs> well, I guess if I had to just choose one, I'm going to go with Dishonored, and we'll talk about that. But we'll also have to take some time to speak of XCOM, naturally. Um, but yes, no, I, my game I, I think really is uh, is Dishonored. Um, I it's a uh, it's a game by Arcane Studios, which they've done a, a few different things, uh, but mostly they they kind of do, I guess, uh, farm work lately. Uh, well, uh, they did Dark Messiah of Might and Magic, and they did Ark Salus, but they also did Bioshock 2's, uh, you know, parts of Bioshock 2, etc. But now their new game, Dishonored, uh, it follows a character who has been stripped of rank and, uh, and everything. And everything's been taken from him. He escapes from prison before he's executed, uh, been framed for something he didn't do. And the whole game is about getting revenge on those people that, uh, did this to you. And, um, it plays a lot like, to me, uh, a lot like Bioshock and Thief. As well as, you know, maybe a little Deus Ex in there as well, or Deus Ex. Um, it's partially designed by one of the, the Deus Ex guys. <laughs> and uh, it uh, was recently released, this week in fact, by, uh, by Bethesda. And it's it's got some really, really neat stuff to it. Uh, I think my favorite aspect of Dishonored is that it gives you an environment. And they're not, I mean, they're, they're sizable, but they're not huge environments. And, and there's, uh, there's a lot of different ways to traverse them. You can go through and you can kill people. You can assassinate your way through it. Or you can just brashly fight through it. Or you can find alternate ways to get to your target. And, uh, I mean, there are different ways, of course, to make this more difficult or less difficult, one of which is you're allowed to turn off your waypoints and all sorts of interesting UI choices um, and HUD choices. Um, but uh, I kind of like waypoints because I don't want to, like, not get lost and uh, never finish a mission. But uh, the, there are multiple ways that you can go through just about – well, you can go through every level in quite a few different ways. I uh, – I've replayed several of the levels um, three or four times now, and um, each of those times I tried to find a different path through, and uh, and I managed to do so. I even managed to get rid of the people I was going for in different ways, which is really cool too. You can you can go through the game uh, without killing anyone, 
So uh, that's uh, that's my latest. <laughs> that would be very difficult. Yeah, that's that's what I've been doing lately because I played through it and I was like, I'm killing everyone the first time. Uh, I uh, the, the the game follows how much uh, you do, how much actual killing and damage you do. Yeah, they talk about that at the very beginning. They tell you, you know, yeah. be you know, be mindful of how many people you kill. Right, and it's it's this weird little uh, it's this weird mechanic they have uh, called chaos. And if you kill a certain number of the the NPCs on the level, you get a high chaos rating. And your your next level, you'll have more weepers, which are these plague victims that wander the streets that'll attack you, uh, and more swarms of rats, which is actually quite a serious serious thing and dishonored. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, when when I first, uh, whenever I start any game, I uh, you know being OCD as I am, I always go to the options screen first before I do anything. And um, I, I got to say, any game that has rat shadows as a <laughs> toggleable option, uh, you know that game's going to be great. Yes, I agree. Yeah, they, God, they depend on so they depend on rats a lot in this game for for interesting uh, <laughs> different interesting uh, things. You're really selling the game already there. Yeah, it's <laughs> heavily on rats. Yeah, it does. Yeah, all you need to say. But it's kind of strange because the way you can go through the game is you, you you have like a lot of different options. You have a bunch of different upgrades for weapons. You have a bunch of different powers that you can build up, and uh, you also get like these uh, gadgets. Uh, and there's a stealth mechanic, uh, so you can either completely try to avoid being seen, which there's, a, there's I think, achievements and some stuff like that for uh, managing to go through without anybody seeing you. I think it's called Ghost. Um, yeah. yeah, at the I, end of a level, it'll tell you if you uh, yeah. were Ghost and, or if you uh, managed to get through it without killing anybody. Right. I have not done either one in any mission. Yeah, it took me a few tries. That's one of those you have to save a lot if you're going to go through without killing anybody. Um, <laughs> it helps to have uh, the, the slow time power uh, along with the blink power, so you can just freeze time and then like be 60 or 70 feet away by the time it starts up again. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it has like this whole interesting... Uh, kind of conglomeration of powers. You have uh, anything from being able to summon a swarm of rats that will eat your enemies and take care of their corpses to um, you know, being able to blink distances like uh, I don't know, up to 30 meters, something like that, maybe. And uh, you uh, and, uh, and all sorts of stuff. There's one power I was fond of in my first playthrough that when you killed somebody, they turned to ashes because if if a guard finds a body, it's uh, it deducts from your score and it also just creates a lot of panic in the area and makes everybody on high alert. So if everybody just instantly turns to ashes when you kill them then, uh, yeah, there's not that issue. Mm-hmm. And um, But that was just my first playthrough, and I spent a lot of time uh, building up like my weapons, my crossbow, and stuff like that, so that I could kill people from far off. And uh, I got the high chaos ending, which you get different <laughs> endings, depending on a... Shocking. Person. Yeah, right. And uh, it's... I, I'm now about halfway through the game again, and I, I want to see what the low chaos ending looks like because the high chaos ending was really interesting, if not uh, very dark. 
Um, that, that's another thing they warn you about at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, if you kill lots of people, don't expect a happy ending. Yeah, it's, a, it's like yeah. all right. Well, it's a, it's pretty dark. Uh, so yeah, they. Uh, I want to see what happens there. Um, but now it's. It's something that I've been really impressed with. Like, I love the art style. Uh, I absolutely love the atmosphere, and I love the freedom. Uh, whereas something like Deus Ex has, uh, it kind of like, you get points whenever you find, like, an alternate path, I believe. Uh, somebody mentioned that on the quarter three thread. You know, you, you get, like, points. You get, like, bonus experience. But in, in this game, you, you don't. You know, it's just an alternate path. They're not thrust into your face. It's, it's hard to actually find a lot of them. Uh, you just kind of find them organically by exploring or doing whatever. But there's a lot of, lot of places you can go if you want to invest the time to become part of the world that you're in. And it's... Uh, it can be very engrossing, and uh, it's uh, it has a really cool feel in combat. Um, in fact, it has really great combat, uh, I would say, compared to a lot of the other kind of first-person uh, games that use like swords and crossbows, etc. <laughs> uh, it's all I mean, you know, obviously. It's well, better. basically it's every game now. Yeah, right. But it's you know it's got better combat in Skyrim, which isn't that difficult to do. But I mean, it's <laughs> you know, but uh, it, it just has a, it has a really good feel to it, and I I think that it has a lot of replay value. It, it's it's cool that once you finish a mission, you can go back and replay it and get the low chaos version, etc., and do as much yeah, as you want. It's interesting because uh, as soon like you said, as soon as you finish a mission, it tells you right away, or it gives you kind of a recap of right. how you did, and it gives you the option of replaying immediately if I I, mean, I don't know what the implications of that are if it just completely undoes everything you did the first time through and then the second time you can just roll from whatever you did that time but no it's uh, yeah you know what I was hoping for initially was I was hoping that they would do something like where you know you can go back and replay them uh, with all of your unlocks and stuff so that you can go do other stuff it, it doesn't actually do that it kind of like mm. it's got this Thomas time capsule approach that it takes where you were when you started the mission, it just it just loads the save that it made. <laughs> right, basically, yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, so it just kind of, and so, in a weird way, it's kind of hard to deal with because, it, or like mentally hard to deal with almost because if you go back through it, it you still have your old ratings on the other missions and you've already played them, but you're playing the missions before those and changing your rating in it. So when you come back through, it's kind of a different. <laughs> setting as well so it's kind of weird yeah. uh but yeah no that <laughs> there's so many ways to get a bad score in that game too um <laughs> i know that the one way to get chaos that i discovered was uh if you find someone or if you knock someone out if you throw them in water they immediately drown and that counts as a kill <laughs> uh, <laughs> good yeah, as I discovered when I was uh, sneaking through a whorehouse and I saw an aristocrat taking a nap and I threw him in the river. Um, <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Uh, <laughs> also, if you leave bodies laying around where rats can get to them, the rats in this game will eat people alive. And that counts as a kill, too, for you. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's always that, that's pretty fun. Uh, but, uh, there's so many horrible ways to die in Dishonored. Um, but I'm shocked that you ended with the high chaos rating, Jason. Oh yeah, no, not me throwing people in a river. Uh, but they, uh, it's funny too because if you watch any of the the media or anything, you go, man, this 
some of these characters look kind of like Half-Life 2, but there's a reason for that, because the guy who did the, a lot of the art design for Half-Life 2 did the art design for Dishonored, so hmm. when you see the tall boys, which are like guys on stilts that, you know, have this weird armor and they shoot, like crazy electricity or bombs and stuff yeah they're like the just they look a lot like the walkers from Mm -hmm. half-life so yeah it's a but it's a really it's a really cool game and i'm uh i'm happy i got a good chance a good chunk of time to spend with it i hope it does well because uh, i'd love to see those guys do more i think it will it's i mean it's reviewed really well already and yeah you know, this it's a tough week to come out. I mean, <laughs> it is a tough week. If you're not one of the big two, I I, I feel bad for you. But um, yeah, I think I think Dishonored will do well. Everybody seems to be really excited about it, and um, I'm not, you know, a huge shooter guy myself. But uh, I like to play uh, some of the ones that are a little bit off the beaten path, and uh, this is definitely one of them. And I, while I wouldn't say that uh, if you like Bioshock, you'll like this, but um, if you like Bioshock, you'll like this game. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, it's it definitely draws a lot of inspiration from Bioshock, and my guess is that uh, the, the the project got started about the time, um, maybe uh, a short period after Bioshock came out, and uh, they were like, "Wow, this game did really really well. Let's maybe kind of do something like that." And they did Bioshock too, I think, or mm, yeah. so. You know, mm. it's kind of you know. And kind yeah. of had that going on already. Yeah, and um, yeah, like you like you mentioned, the the world and the style that they convey is is really well done. Um, very interesting, very unique. Um, yeah, it is. I'm a, I'm a history guy, and I'm I'm pretty you know excited to see any any worlds or environments that kind of draw upon uh, elements of history instead of just being uh, the, the usual tropes. And this is uh, definitely definitely a good example of that kind of like a late. 19th century Victorian, you know, dirty, industrial. It really is industrial age, Englandy. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. no doubt. You know, another game. You know, another game that had that was like Fable Three. I guess mm-hmm. got that kind of feel too. Uh, but yeah, it's a. Uh, it's funny too because looking at it, it's the Unreal Engine. But I swear to God, it doesn't look like the Unreal Engine. Every time I look at that, I keep thinking it's uh, either Bethesda's engine or somebody's. Yeah, it, it's funny. Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. I was just playing. I'm like, this reminds me a lot of uh, Fallout 3 or Skyrim. <laughs> right, yeah. It's like the way the – everything, uh, there's a lot of it just, you know, it's real similar looking to the way their their bodies are and the way they, they move and everything. So it's yeah. funny. It's, it's, it's weird and, and interesting, but, uh, yeah, I got the exact same feel. Um, but yeah, so no, that's uh, Dishonored. It's out for, gosh, it's out for a lot of different things. Uh, for next yeah. gen consoles. Yeah, next gen consoles and PC. Um, yeah, um, and of course, being strategy fans, we we have to mention the elephant in the room, which is XCOM uh, Enemy Unknown. So yeah, how? Well, okay, first, what do you think of it, John? Oh, yeah. I'll put you on the spot. There right there. Oh, all right. Um, well, um, just to uh, give everybody uh, my my history with the game, uh, I'd actually uh, only played uh, the game during one play test, you know, a few years ago. So it's it, it'd been a while since I'd gotten eyes on it, and I uh, 
had never been really too close to it, so I kind of wanted to uh, enjoy it as uh, anybody else might. And um, sure. I got to say, they did a really good job with it. Um, I agree. It's 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 definitely XCOM, and it's it's a ton of fun. Um, you know, it's not going to appeal to everybody if you're one of those people who absolutely needs 16 man squads and you know a complete free form. You know, do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. You know, 100% freedom. Then, uh, you know, it might not be for you, but um, it's a very, very well designed game. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I think they did a really great job with it. Like I said, um, and uh, yeah, I'm. I've been playing it. I haven't played it a, a huge amount. I've only gotten about six or seven hours in at this point, but. Um, gotten a pretty good feel for it, and I'm excited to keep going. What about you? Yeah, I, about the same, really. I, I'm. I was really impressed with how they managed to keep as much of the kind of core of the XCOM experience uh, while making the game design smooth enough for. Well, I haven't played it on console. I play on PC, like any red-blooded strategy game playing American. But um, I was just, uh, I'm really impressed that they they managed to take the things that weren't particularly necessary out of the game. I mean, there's one or two things that were kind of a bummer that's missing. Like, I don't think there's, uh, I don't think they can attack your base anymore and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but the game itself is a, is a very impressive feel, um, uh, like, I mean, like XCOM, it's it's really impressive. It feels great. I, I love the. Uh, I also really like the way it looks. Um, it's uh, the the handmade maps are really cool looking. They also use the Unreal Engine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the uh, the XCOM experience seems to be pretty much still there. Now, I mean, I know they've taken out what like facing, um, which yeah, honestly I don't really and things like that. Yeah, I don't really mind missing facing. Um, uh, I don't miss it at all. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, it does seem... Uh, God, you know, then again, the original XCOM and XCOM Terror for the Deep were so freaking hard. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, the game seems hard, but I, I was playing a, a game on classic Iron Man, and I think I got killed in the first mission. I lost <laughs> everybody in, like, the intro mission. I was like, you have to be kidding me. <laughs> it's, it's like I could not hit anything, and the aliens are just like you know taking trick shots. You know, it's like a shot behind the back when I'm just gonna mirror, and they're all like they're all like killing the hell out of me. I, I just I don't. Uh, yeah, that I mean, makes I, you feel any better? I think I died, and uh, I, I I did the same. I did the same thing as as every red blooded strategy game fan. Um, you know, classic Iron Man on PC, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, I got wiped out on the the first real mission I had as well, and that was um, that was that was good. I mean, uh, I think one of the uh, um, one of the things that a lot of games don't do enough these days is um, punish players and have real consequences. You know? Oh yeah, no, that's what's so awesome about the Iron Man mode. Mm-hmm. So I love the Iron Man mode. Which, to those of you listening, what Iron Man mode is, is you have one save. You don't get to choose your save points. The game saves for you, so everything you do counts. Everybody that dies, dies, and you don't get to reload. Yeah, it basically means you can't reload when something goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, I've been... I had to... I wanted to actually get somewhere in the game, so I did drop back to normal Iron Man for a bit so that I could build a base. Yeah, I've... Uh, yeah, I've... I've uh, I've stuck with I've stuck with my my journey thus far. Um, I've, 
I have lost two entire squads and most of at least one other squad. Um, I still have two uh, promoted um, squaddies that I can I, I can use uh, in future missions, but uh, it's been a bit of a bloodbath. And uh, you know. yeah, it's pretty bad when you start losing those guys that have experience. Oh, God. The, the worst is when you lose all of them in one mission. Yeah, I, I did that a couple of times, and it's just, it's so awful. And then, of course, you carry on, and it's like, God, the whole world is panicking. You're, you're <laughs> losing money everywhere. But, yeah, no, the I, what do you think about the uh, the ant hive? I mean, I, I think it's pretty cool, uh, but at the same time, I I don't know. You know, I, it's, it, I don't think of any other way they could have really done it well. Yeah. I'm 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 like a I'm I'm a straight to the metal kind of guy, especially when it comes to strategy games. So I like uh, the ant, uh, you know, the ant mode. I don't really even pay attention to the the fluff really at all. I'm yeah, just, it's just the buttons on the the screen, sure, the barracks and the engineering. Yeah. I mean, and of course, uh, like a lot of people have discussed, what do you think about uh, like? I mean, certainly the engineer is the new bottleneck. Yeah, it's yeah, there. There are definitely some points where I've been up against a wall, and I've tried to kind of push things through. I think right now I'm trying to. Uh, I think I just finished researching uh, laser rifles and laser pistols, and I'm trying to get enough engineers to actually build some of these things. Yeah, that, that's what really sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's like you have to go through, and you, you get the you know the choice of the three missions, and you can get engineer, scientist, or money usually, and. Uh, God, it's a hard pick, you know, and a lot of times you have to go with what has the most, you know, panic going on, and it may not be what you want, but... Yeah, yeah. some of, some of those choices, especially with the, the missions, I would say, are, are a, a little bit gamey, like, you know, why yeah. why does Africa give you engineers, and Asia gives you scientists, and this other place gives you a, a you know, a veteran soldier, it's like... Yeah. Well, clearly they're just like, all right, you know, we we wanted to be a hard decision, so we we did this. But I think they could, uh, you know, put a little bit more frosting over the top of that and said, you know, in in Asia you're liberating a research lab and has scientists, and you know, oh, after, sure. you're freeing a factory and you're bringing those guys back, something like that. But uh, yeah, they the decisions themselves are are tough and and really interesting, which is. What really counts, you know, when Absolutely. first time I thought, I was like, oh, you know, that's kind of gamey, but whatever. And every other time after that, I'm thinking hard about what <laughs> So, you know, that's better than the other way around. Ooh, this is really, you know, interesting. But then every other time it's like, well, whatever. I always pick the same thing anyways. It's not that and, interesting. You know, I haven't played the original XCOM in quite a while, and I don't remember the satellite thing. Now, I remember Interceptors. No, yeah, there were there's pretty. I mean, in the first game, there were multiple bases, which right. You know, some some of the people are uh, a little upset about the fact that there's only one base now. But you know, for for me, I'm I'm only having one base because that's. I mean, it's just boiling the game down to its basic elements. Yeah, it wasn't really that interesting in the first game, anyways. It was just more of the same stuff to do over again. Right. Um, which is, you know, a lot of what they did really really well with this game, which is. Boiling, uh, especially the strategy layer, um, um, but also the tactics, uh, the decisions down to what really matters. So, you know, uh, your soldiers can only hold one weapon or uh, one item at a time. So you can give them a grenade, or you can give them a med kit, or you can give right. them, uh, you know an item that improves their aim. I forget what it's called now, but um, um, 
you know, instead of managing uh, 18 equipment slots, you just have, okay, which one of these really useful things do you want to take? And honestly, that's a lot more agonizing than it ever was trying to figure out, okay, how do I optimize these 18 slots on every single, you know, of my 16 guys? So, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and a lot of other things, too, like um, in, in combat itself, um, you have two uh, actions per turn, and, and an action is a full move. So if you move one tile or if you move 20 tiles, that's, that's, that takes up your action. So you can't just kind of like creep along the map. You have to commit to whatever, whatever. Right. Which has killed many of my young men and women in my service. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. The, uh, the approach I've uh, taken now that I've played a little bit more of the game is to always go into full cover whenever possible. And then if I can't, then, uh, you know, run to half cover and then uh, hunker down so that it basically is full cover. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It, yeah, it, that's the thing is, like, half cover in this game is uh, it's kind of questionable. <laughs> I mean, at that point, it's flip, I think, um, you know, the math behind the scenes. And if you have, a, you know, an elite soldier that has uh, a lot of time and resources and emotion invested in him or her, do you really want to have a coin flip decide whether or not that, that soldier's going to die? No, uh, not really. Yeah, no, it's... The the aliens in the game are so ridiculously hard to, to deal with, some of them. Um, I like... like Designed for some of them, though, like uh, the the sectoid, even the, the most basic one, the, the little... Yeah, uh, the gray or whatever. Yeah, they, uh, they have the ability to kind of like mind link, and what happens? Uh, the the one uh, one of them gets a, a bonus to their. Um, I think uh, they get one hit point, and then they get critical, um, which is definitely cool. Um, There's a big drawback to that, though, for them. <laughs> um, if you kill, I don't know either one or if the one. I think it's the one that's lending the bonus. Okay, yeah, I I've only killed. That one, but uh, yeah, when you kill the one that's sting the other one, it kills both of them. Yeah, be <laughs> cool. And not only that, but um, you know, again, this tickles my designer sense. Um, when uh, when uh, they kind of like mind link, it shows a little beam of energy going between them. So even if um, you know, you might be able to see the one in the front that's getting the bonus, but you don't see the one in the back. But you see this beam kind of gives you an idea. Fog. You're like, oh, okay, there's another guy over there. So even the most basic guy has uh, something really, uh, really interesting where, you know, it gets you thinking about, okay, another guy back there, I, how can I get around him? Um, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, interesting depth there. So, you know, a lot of people complain about, well, you know, they, they simplified a lot of things, and, you know, that's, that's certainly true in a lot of cases, but I think it's all for the good. I mean, uh, I haven't, honestly, I haven't missed anything from the original game. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, like I said, the only thing I, I think I miss is more of I miss in concept, which is the idea of your base being invaded. But I really don't know how they would have done that well with the ant farm anyway. Um, but, you know, I mean, the cool thing, like, God, the, the enemies are really well designed, and, and they're hateful. God, I hate the chrysalids. Um, like, God, anything that can come up and just, like, behead somebody or whatever and then make them into a zombie will kick the hell out of the rest of my squad is not on my friend list. Uh, um, is even... If 
So, um, uh, especially uh, with your less experienced soldiers, if uh, something bad happens, like let's say somebody gets killed, <laughs> will panic, um, especially the ones nearby. And if a soldier panics, uh, you you basically lose control of it for I don't know if it's just one turn or sometimes more, but I I think maybe just one. And then that soldier will either you know hunker down or he'll shoot at the enemy. And sometimes he or she shoots at another one of your soldiers. Oh yeah, that just I don't I, I don't know how I feel about that. That just, that just makes, makes me scream. It makes a it makes that other soldier scream too. <laughs> It's a problem. Get control of the panic. Just want to drop a grenade right there, and, and you know, especially if it's a rookie, and it's like, all right, rookie, you're you got to pay mistakes. Yeah, you don't uh, don't drop that grenade. No, yeah. I, I lost uh, first time I ran into chrysalids. I actually lost six guys. <laughs> I just uh, you know it was uh, I was invading the alien base, and uh, I, I go down and. Uh, I had six guys, so I send one around to see. They, they run into some enemies, so I'm like, all right, well, I mean, I'm sure they can take them. And then, like, chrysalids come out of nowhere and just make everybody into zombies. And then I had three guys left surrounded by ex-teammates, and it was just awful. Ugh. The game is brutal. I've been uh, hearing from um, or hearing a description of the game from somebody that's only played on normal uh, throughout because... Um, you know, a lot of people I've talked to are, um, you know, of course myself, I played on the classic difficulty, which is extremely brutal, and that's kind of what the, the old old school XCOM fans are looking for. Um, you know, you walk in and then everyone dies, and you're like, yeah, it's awesome, you know. Yeah, no, it's, uh, and it is, it's really cool, and it's all right, it's just, God, man. Yeah, if nor- normal is a brutal, 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 a brutal difficulty level. It's not an actual word. That should be a <laughs> brutal. This game. I'm gonna be uh, uh, XCOM Enemy Unknown. Brutal. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's. I, I'm impressed. I, I think they've done a really good job with the game, and I, I'm I'm having a really great time with it. And it's just a good time of year for games. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, the game is a lot of fun. It's, it's not perfect, though. I mean, uh, oh sure, you've been playing on PC as well, so uh, I know you've uh, you must lament some of the uh, the PC uh, interface uh, quirks, shall we say? Um, it is a little weird, you know. I've taken to hitting numbers twice. Yeah. Just because I'm tired, I don't want to click OK every time. But I guess you. I also heard you can hit space. Hmm. I didn't. That's good to know. Yeah, so I think you hit a number and then space, but like, yeah, and, and of course, like, on different interfa- different soldiers' interfaces, different, uh, different actions go in different number slots, which I wish didn't happen. (laughs) So, like, some of them will have Overwatch on two, some will have Overwatch on three, some on four, so if you're not paying attention, it's quite easy to, like, I don't know, do something incredibly stupid. Yeah. Yeah, the one of the things that that uh, bugs me the most is the lack of tool tips. Um, yeah, that's a problem. So for this action and see what it does, and you just can't do that. Um, yeah, the, I will say the information is not as detailed as maybe you'd want. Um, you know, you have your percentage chances when you you take a look at shooting an enemy, but that that's really about it. It tells you your percentage chance. It gives you their cover type. 
and a color, depending, uh, you know, like yellow, I think, is you have a better shot at them. But it doesn't really tell you much about the and math behind it or anything else. Okay. One of the things I miss the most um, is the ability to see what the range is on your guys, especially um, uh, the sniper. Oh, yeah, yeah, like a hex range thing. So he can, you know, stay out of danger and then shoot people a distance but you don't know what that distance is so some of the times i'll have a guy positioned where i think he'll be able to shoot he's also safe and he's safe but he can't shoot anybody yeah no absolutely i've had that problem a lot with snipers uh i i like him a lot more now because i've just basically started keeping them kind of just behind the regular group and not setting them up unless i know i'm going to be fighting in an area as otherwise, you're just going to be kind of screwing around, and like they're just going to be wandering around in the back, not doing anything the entire game. Yeah, I've, I've, the way I've started doing it is uh, just giving all my snipers the um, the second upgrade where they can uh, shoot anybody in anybody's vision, so that I don't have to worry about that. I can just kind of keep them back, and they can. Yeah, I do like that one. I like that one, and I really like uh, their other ability, uh, the gunslinger one. Um, <laughs> which makes their pistols do four, up to four points of damage uh, so that they can, you know, run and shoot and stay on Overwatch, etc. Yeah, so they can, you know, function like other soldiers. <laughs> right, instead of just lagging around in the back and not ever doing anything. Um, but no, it's... Uh, it does have its flaws, but I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm usually a huge fan of any kind of... Uh, uh, strategic based uh, or like uh, tactics level based games. Huge fan. Like, I'd love to see another uh, S2 uh, Silent Storm, but uh, I don't think we're going to see that anytime soon. The fact that a game like this can come out for you know consoles and PC at all is is pretty awesome. Um, so I'll, you know, I'm really hoping it does really well so that we see more games of this sort down the road because see any. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. is like I, I love tactics games, but most of the time tactics games now are relegated to PlayStation 2 releases or like the DS. And uh, it's just kind of a shame we don't have more larger scale ones. And it's really exciting to see XCOM. So let's hope that has a trend. Yeah. Oh, everybody's talking about it, so that's a that's a pretty good sign. Same with uh, Dishonored. So they're both uh, they're both reviewing well, and they're both uh, hopefully uh, selling well. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, well, all right. I I think that's uh I think that's all there is. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess uh, the only other thing that really happened this week that well, I'm sure there's some stuff I'm missing was the uh, the the new class for Borderlands 2, the Necromancer came out, but I I haven't really spent enough time with that to actually comment on it. So uh, kind of another week to release just about anything for any other game. Yeah, no, I mean it could only get worse if it was like a Grand Theft Auto or something was coming out at the same time or Call of Duty. Um, you have PC gamers and you have console gamers and you have act gamers and shooters fans and strategy game fans all have at least one game this week. So you, you pretty much, I, I don't know what you're left with. Maybe maybe Facebook gamers. Yeah, they, they're probably out in the cold, which is a shame. They can warm themselves and dry their tears on their farms. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so... Um, not to, uh, not, won't be speaking about much, uh, else about it, but, uh, we know Fallen Enchantress, uh, which John's worked on, has a release date now, uh, which is the end of this month, isn't it? 
That is true, yeah. Um, just um, in, a, in a few weeks coming up here. Yeah, we'll have a, have that to look forward to. I'm pretty excited about that. And, uh, yeah, any uh, anything you want to say before we go, John? Any uh, any last words of wisdom or shout-outs? I just wanted to say uh, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, I hope uh, Tom comes back next week. Otherwise, you know, maybe I'll have to come back again. But, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, Great week to come on and talk about some awesome games. So, uh, yeah, you and Tom haven't been on this podcast at the same time. So, hmm. at the same time, no, I think we were on uh, Three Moves Ahead uh, a couple months ago. But uh, yeah, yeah, you were you were probably yeah. I still think you're Tom. I think you're just like changing outfits <laughs> before you say it, before same. your lines. Oh. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, no, we'll, we'll have, uh, we'll have Mr. Chick back next week. He, uh, he's taken his well, uh, earned break. Um, but for, uh, quarter to three, I'm Jason McMaster. I've been joined by John Schaefer. And, uh, uh, please, if you get a chance, uh, rate us up on iTunes and, uh, all that jazz. And we appreciate everyone that has rated us so far. And if you're on the website, please use the Amazon link on the front page and we get a small uh, but uh, very thank, uh, thankful portion of anything you purchase using our links on the front page. And uh, for uh, all of us at Quarter to Three, uh, we'll see you next week.